Welcome back, everybody. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 24. How you guys all been? Um, it's been pretty small out there. Um, it's been the story for the last, like, what, couple of months. But there's been a couple of good nuggets here and there. I know I've had a couple of good days surfing at Porto. And today, I actually had a really fun session on the high tide over at Topanga with uh, my homegirl, Jacqueline, Cassia, uh, Dane Peterson, a bunch of people were out there. We had a great time just logging. Uh, I think there's some gems to be found out there if you look. Uh, the one thing that's really good is like it hasn't been windy. So if there are some of the spots that you're used to being pretty good on certain swell directions, uh, go out there now. Um, and on the, I think on the outgoing tide, it's usually a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure to check them out. But besides that, it's been business as usual here at the Bodega Border Crew, working on some stuff, uh, have some interviews that we've been logging with some people um, and uh, have those coming out soon. But on today's episode, uh, we have an interview with Levi Prairie, uh, one of the two Prairie brothers based out of Costa Mesa. Uh, They run the Costa Mesa Surf Club, um, both amazing surfers. There's boards being shaped out of there. Uh, Levi recently won the one wave one fin contest that innocence put on uh so we sat down with him in the shop uh talk about music about surfing about growing up in costa mesa what the scene's like there and what he thinks of it we also have a couple of short takes this week uh short takes we have this week are some videos that our boys log rap put out with devin howard and mike siordia um there's a short take about a shark attack that happened at one of my favorite spots lonnie's and we also have a short take having to do with the environment and a bunch of regulations that have been overturned that could affect us all that I think we all need to be active about um, in the next coming years and so forth. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, where we have track listings, things we're talking about, things that pertain to people we're talking with. We also have links to our merch. We have a bunch of other stuff, um, so make sure to check that out. But right now, we're just going to get into it, kick it off with a little tribe, and then check in with you guys in a little bit with the interview. Peace! Can I kick it? Yes, you can. 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 Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Well, I'm gone. Can I kick it? To all the people who can quest like a tribe does. Before this, did you really know what I was? Comprehend to the track force. Why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe buzz. Rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz. Wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug. If you feel the urge to freak, do the jitterbug. Come and spread your arms if you really need a hug. Afrocentric living is a big shrug. A life filled with, that's what I love. A lower plateau is what we're above. If you diss us, we won't even think of. We'll nip of the dog and give a big shove. This rhythm really fits like a snug glove. Like a box of positives, it's a plus love. As the tribe flies high like a dove.
kick it? Fix me a 
got me tipsy, so I'm It goes, give me ten, and I'll serve you then, now we bend The corner in my Cadillac, my heart does not go pity pat for no rat I'm leaning back, my elbows out the window, coke, rum, and endo fills my body, where's the party? We roll deep, we dip to underground, sees a lot of hoes around I spit my game while waiting countdown I fight for one, three, two, here comes the one A new year has begun, P-Funk spark another one, one.
said, hey, good looking. Hey, good looking. You know you got to be from Brooklyn. Cause if you do, I'll shift from first to fifth. 
attention. Pay attention, boys and girls, and learn your lesson. We're running things. Yes, we're taking over. You beat the grass. We'll be your lawnmower. Never take it. Take it. Take it. Not giving no over. Not trying to succeed because it's like that. Hot. Damn. I used to be so doggone dumb. Trying to dance salt and pepper when we're number one. But we excuse it because you're dizzy. Your mind's in a Like that you dunk. You're confusing so many ways. Giving up to take it over. Oh.
Hey yo, this goes on and on, shot. 
What up, everybody? We are back. This is the Bodega Border Food Podcast, Volume 24. Hope you like that little mix of old and older. <laughs> a little salt and pepper in there, a little Treacherous 3. Um, started off with uh, Tribe Call Quest, Can I Kick It? Uh, I love when we have... Uh, our guests uh, pick songs and uh, songs that I really connect with and that I love, and uh, that was one of Levi's picks uh, for his for this episode. And you know that tribe song for me really uh, hits home because it was the first tribe song I ever heard. I remember seeing the video for it on like video Michael uh, uh, what was it Video Music Box, and uh, which was a video show that out on the east coast they would show like all these hip-hop videos from like artists you'd never heard of and i remember we all used to like watch that as kind of like the guiding light for us and i remember seeing that tribe video and it at the time when that came out it was a totally different kind of vibe this like jazzy consciousness rather than the you know more hard-hitting consciousness of public enemy and me and all my friends really got into it um so when he picked that song i thought it was appropriate and i thought it was fun and it's always fun to have a track that you like personally connect with but let's do a little housekeeping this is the bodega border crew podcast check us out on instagram at bodega border crew check out our page at bodegabordercrew.podbean.com or the full description that you get on your itunes player where we have track listings links uh to things that we're talking about links pertaining to things that we're talking to people that we're interviewing and uh speaking of people we're interviewing this week we're doing an interview with levi prairie levi's part of that whole crew down there in costa mesa you know him and his brother and alex nose and grant noble they surf blackies all the time they have a very particular style that they've developed out there um surfing waves uh that are their home waves and I think that's what's kind of interesting is, you know, more of these people that I meet and talk to, they're really a reflection of their environment that they grew up in. And Levi's no exception. So in this interview, we talk about shaping, boards, uh, style, a lot of music. Um, he has a band out there that's actually, I think they're doing a mini tour right now. I think they played San Francisco. Um, but anyway, I'll get right into it and then I'll check back with you guys in a little bit. Peace. So... What's your name and uh, where did you grow up? My name is Levi Prairie and I grew up right here in Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. So uh, you and your brother both surf. Did your family surf? My dad surfed. Uh, he got us all into surfing. Okay, so that's how it started. Yeah. he. Uh, my dad grew up in Wisconsin and oh, okay. when he turned 17 he enlisted in the military mm-hmm. so that he could come out here. Mm. Maybe stationed at Pendleton, never looked back, he's been here ever since. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you're stationed at Pendleton, you're definitely going to surf. Yeah. So he started surfing Sano. Yeah, he grew up reading all the surf magazines at the time. Uh I don't know how he got his hands on them, but he fell in love with it before he even got here. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, my mom was born and raised in Costa Mesa, so they met. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when was the first time he, like, took you out? Or was it just something that was just kind of like, hey, we go to the beach and this is what we do? Well, my first memory of surfing was at 28th Street, north side of the jetty. And Tanner and my older brothers Landon and Timmy and my dad all surfed. Mm -hmm. I remember them all taking me out and getting pushed into waves. I think I was 12, maybe 13. Kind of a late bloomer in the family. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I remember standing up and doing like the soul arches, trying to copy Herbie Uh at the time. There's some some stupid photos somewhere. Uh But... It's cool. It's fun. It's awesome. Yeah. 
So your whole family surfed and you grew up around here surfing. Who's some of the people that you kind of, you guys surfed with? Growing up. Yeah. Uh, people like Alex, Alex Nose, Robbie Kegel, Jared Mel, uh-huh. um, Robert Guy, Ryan And they're Sanford. roughly all about your same age, right? They're a little bit older. They're closer to Tanner's age, between me and Tanner. So I'm, I'm 26, kind of the 30, 30 okay. year old range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of our friends, Ryan Rankin, Robert Guy, Ryan Sanford, uh-huh. just a huge Black East community. Oh, so what you, is that where you were surfing most? Yeah, that's where I that grew was, up surfing. That was your kind of like local spot, if you will. Yeah, I was too afraid to surf the upper streets. So. <laughs> You're like, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so who were the kind of like, obviously these guys you're surfing with, who were the people that took you under their wing, do you think? Tanner, uh-huh. definitely. I remember surfing with Jared and he was giving me some pointers uh-huh. being about 15 years old we okay. were both trying to learn how to do fin first or something like that uh-huh. uh, kind of everyone to be honest at, at, at Blackies it's really tight knit community it, it still is now but it was more so okay. back then there was just yeah. I don't know there was a really cool family vibe to it still is was there a core crew that like like I mean, you're, you're, you're pointing to it, but obviously, from speaking to you and, like, Grant, there's, like, a core crew that, like, every day would be there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I didn't meet Grant until a little bit later, but, yeah, he's he's right there. There's, there's people you see there every single day. So it's just, like, family, in a sense. Like, it's, like, like you're a crew. Exactly. Kind of out there. Yeah. How do you think Blackies is a territorial spot, or do you think it's decently welcoming? It depends. Well, when we get good northwest swells, a lot of people, it's a really fantastic shortboarding wave, too. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of shortboarders, and that's the only time, really, when you'll get get any kind of um, people button heads. Occasionally, someone will get in the way, and uh-huh. someone gets mad. And, but just, it's it's just, it's crowded. It's crowded Newport, so. It always is, right? Yeah. And so you grew up mostly logging, right? Yeah, pretty much only logging. Very recently, I started getting into mid lengths and uh-huh. and all that. I can't shortboard stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> what What is the most attractive thing to you about logging? The most attractive thing. Like, what gets you hyped? Like, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I want to grab my log and just move. I suppose okay. I want to be in the water. And as far as longboarding goes, I like the the easiness to it. There's no stress. Uh-huh. You you paddle for a wave, it's more likely than not you're going to catch it. Right. And I like that about surfing. I think I think I, I like to have a stress-free environment most uh-huh. of the time. So. Yeah, I mean, you're going to surf better. I mean, any, anybody will. Right? Yeah. Like when you're mellow and you're like not thinking about it. It's almost that thing like, like I remember the, the story I always like kind of think of in the back of my head is like, when they interview NBA players after a game where they score like 50 points and they'll be like hey what was going through your head and they were like nothing yeah right like that's usually like when people also surf the best like like hey it's I'm not thinking about it and like it's just happening and it's like in the flow and in the moment I think logging kind of to your point has more potential for that than shortboarding or anything else or like you know even like high pro like stuff it's just like it's there's so much stress around it so your mind and your body are already tense yeah and then like oh okay and then you're introducing it to like another tension that can happen um that makes a lot of sense did you watch a lot of videos when you were growing up oh yeah uh all the thomas campbell films Uh um i forget who produced it but there's one movie that stands out in particular it's called getting loose and it was like robbie chris vale 
Um, it's funny because someone else actually mentioned that movie. I think Mike, oh, so good. Mike Siordia, I think, mentioned that movie that he had it like on, on like a VHS. Yeah, that's too. how we had it. Is VHS. Like it's, a, it's an older one, right? But not yeah. super old. Like not it's, super old. Yeah. I remember there's a, a scene at Point Doom of Robbie and I think it was Xander uh-huh. Hartman surfing inside Point Doom and it's just it's standout footage for me. Because like, I've been trying to find it. I can't find it anymore. It's fantastic. We'll, we'll have to find it sometime. Okay. Um... So videos, your friends, you've obviously had like a rich surf culture around you and you're 26, you're not like like old, but you're not young. How important do you feel for you is it to like pass down that knowledge to like what you've learned to other people? I think it's super important. I'm, I mean, to be honest, I haven't, I guess I've been around it a lot, so I don't really think about it too much, if that makes sense. I don't, um, but as far as like surf heritage and, and the culture of all it, yeah, it's a, it's important to hold on to all every culture, I suppose. Do so, you, do you think it's lacking out there? No, no. I don't. I think it's thriving. Okay. If anything, I see kids all around town who are just so into what was and kind of carrying it into what it, what is now. Is that do you have did you have that feeling always growing up? That it was like always that, or is this something that's kind of new? I think it's getting bigger, but I think it was always there, just not as big. But I've always seen it just being at Blackies, you know, growing up and watching Alex surf uh-huh. and Tanner and and everyone. They they all had such a knowledge of it mm-hmm. that I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. That's fine. Uh, Just the the surfing heritage that it's still alive. I mean, I think I think for me, like you know, I was saying like before we were recording this, you know, learning the history and stuff has been very important for me. And sometimes I feel like, at least like in Los Angeles, obviously we're in Orange County, so it's a little bit different. You guys are way more chill here. Um, (laughs) I fucking hate LA, and uh, (laughs) I'll be the first one to say it. I hate it. And uh, but people out there like have no like. You couldn't like, which is like blows my mind. Like you couldn't mention like a Mickey Dora, or a, or a, you know, or a Herbie Fletcher, or any of these guys, and they won't even know who the fuck that is. Like, well, yeah, see, that's that's just sad. No, and I agree, and it's and it's kind of, it's it's really sad. I think maybe social media has helped that a lot. Like you look at someone like Joel, like Joel always posts like a lot of historic photos, yeah, and there's like a lot of like like surf history kind of stuff out there. Um, do you think social media, what role, I'll kind of go into this for a little bit, what role do you think social media has in this, if you want to put a label on it, this ride everything logging uh, community? What role does social media play? Well, like is it I, good, is it bad? I've, thought, I've actually thought quite a bit about this and the conclusion I've kind of come to is, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's inevitable. And I think it's offering a lot of exposure to kids that maybe wouldn't wouldn't have it without it. Like what Sean did with One Wave, One Fin. You know, there's all kids that submitted waves in there that I'd never heard of before. Then I watched them surf and I'm like, wow, these kids are absolutely terrific. Right. Um, so I think it's, it's good and bad because maybe people will get too caught up in it 
you know, where where maybe you lose some of the essence of just going out to surf and just being like they're just like being like like zombies to the phone, yeah, to the scroll. And I'm I'm sued. I'm I catch myself and I look at my phone and and next thing I know I'm like, dude, I've been staring at this thing for ten minutes. Yeah, you know what 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 am I doing? Yeah, it's out of control and. I think that's a, just a global problem, but yeah, it carries over. Yeah, that's outside of surfing. I think that's the thing where it's like our phones are always there and we always get some push notification that's like, this happened. And you're like, and then you get into the vortex, right? You're yeah. like, uh, like this person commented on your post and then you're just in the vortex of like fucking scrolling and you're like, yeah. oh shit, I didn't eat today. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not like, well, it's probably that crazy for some people, but like it's, you know, it, it could get kind of nuts. I mean, I've just noticed that like with, with surfing and like, you know, I hate to label it the ride everything movement, but I just don't know what else to call it. I think it's helped kind of promote that because it's helped promote like people like you guys, and like what what Sean did, I thought was really interesting, a way to capitalize on it, um, to capitalize not in a, in a monetary sense, but capitalize in a cultural sense. Yeah. Where he was like, okay, this is a way for us to get people that no one's ever heard of, like you said. Yeah. It could be some kid in fucking like the Outer Banks that no one ever sees fucking surf, and then like you saw, him, and yeah. it's like, oh shit, this is cool, like. And then, because of social media, you could actually connect with that person. Yeah. You could be like, hey, look, I'm going to come to the OBX for like a week. Like, oops, hook up. That didn't exist before. Now, there's the bad side of it too, probably, where it's like you could fake a lot of shit on social media. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, you could make a photo of someone surfing, make them look like they are the best surfer. <laughs> and it could be a total bail, and it could be just a fucking happy coincidence. And then you go paddle out with them, and you're like... Wow, you really fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, on the I, on social media, people always put their best self on there, and it's yeah. not always the, their true self. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone's just everyone's just got an alternate persona. Well, that's <laughs> almost. I, I social media has kind of enabled that. I love what it's done for skateboarding and for surfing in terms of the heritage stuff. Like in skateboarding, a big thing is that they they people post tons of like. 80s and 90s video clips cool. that like kids don't remember like I grew up on that shit so it's like like Mark Gonzalez and like Nottis and shit like that like weird contest footage and stuff like that yeah um, and I'm starting to see that more in surfing now which I think is really cool do you feel pressure to develop content for social media or does it, is it just something that like actually happens uh, so that's actually recently changed it as far as like posting photos of myself surfing, luckily I I hang out with a lot of photographers and stuff, so it's never really like a shortage of that. But I felt I've been having a lot of fun with the social media lately, with since I've been working here at the shop, mm -hmm. just because I get to make stupid videos and kind of be creative. So I don't feel pressured. It's more like a outlet. Okay. Yeah. It's like a new creative outlet for you. Exactly. Yeah, and it's. It's silly and so stupid, but you know it's really fun. Um, so, uh, talking about the shop, so uh, how did you guys start it? Well, Tanner started just shaping boards over here, uh -huh. and there was actually a little storefront. We're we're just in one section, but there's another unit that goes back that way. Mm -hmm. uh, Tanner started shaping there, and then I believe Carter got involved pretty soon, pretty early on, and started. Uh, Actually, Panda Surfboards was in here for a little bit. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Blake, Blake was here, and then Carter got involved. His screen printing stuff is all up in there, and then they got the second unit, uh -huh. and this is kind of the storefront office unit, slowly developing into a storefront, but uh, we're getting there, and 
recently, I, I've, I've shaped probably 20 boards here. Still pretty new at shaping, but recently I've been hanging out here a lot more, just okay. trying to help out and do what I can okay. to get people in. And do you think, so you guys are taking a bit of a different approach, like it's kind of like you're calling it like a club, not like a shop. So more of like kind of a, like, obviously there's a retail component to it, but there's also this kind of like hanging out thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's become more of a reality lately. Like we'll, we'll get people to come in here and hang out for three hours at a time. Does that piss you off or is that good? No, I, I love it. I, I feel bad Are sometimes because I'm- Are you like fucking I'm... buy a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> we have rent to fucking pay. Why don't you buy some shit? I like, oh, to be honest, I, I enjoy the company, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel bad because I'm I'm sweeping or, you know, just doing my thing. So I feel like I, I should entertain them somehow. But a lot of people are content to just kick it. We got we got Netflix, so yeah, that's something, right? <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's the thing that's lacking from surf shops in general is that they look at themselves as mostly a retail component rather than being like a hangout thing. Like, like I was telling you earlier, like I grew up in the New York City skateboarding scene. Like our skate shops were more of like community centers, if you will. Cool. Like we fucking hung out there. Like we bought shit, but like we didn't pay their bills. Like we weren't the people that pay their bills, but we were there every day and like between sessions and like hanging out and stuff. And I think I don't see a lot of that. I didn't see a lot of that at surf shops for a while. And now like with you guys and there's a couple other people doing it, you're seeing it more where it's like, oh, I could go there pre or post session, right? I could go get some coffee. I could go hang out. I could go bullshit. Oh, I gotta get some wax, or like, oh fuck, I wanna try this new fin, or maybe even buy a board. Yeah. And then, but then it's like, also, I could spend next, like you were saying, like three hours hanging out and just like being around like minded people. I think hopefully that will grow the community. I think it's lacking. Um, I think it's something that like there needs to be more of, and I think it's great that you guys are doing it. Especially the fact that, you know, your brother is shaping the boards and that like it's, it's his own boards and um, selling here, which I think is great. Um, you have a drum kit in here, so um, what's what's the the music store with you? Uh, well, I've been playing music forever, but the drum kit is new, and actually, that's going back to the club vibe. That's been like a serious factor there because there's a lot of musicians that live around here, uh-huh. and it's nice to have a place where someone can just walk in the door any moment, pick up the bass, and then you know, music gets played for the next twenty minutes or whatever. And people hang out. Yeah, and people end up hanging out and. You know, kids are smoking ciggies and whatever. It's cool. It's fun. But yeah, I've been I've been playing music since probably right around the same time I started surfing, like 12 years old, and uh-huh. it's just kind of a, a, a necessary factor in my life at this point. How did you get into playing music? Well, Tanner got a guitar for Christmas one year, and uh, at the time he didn't want anybody else touching it but himself. <laughs> so whenever he was gone, I would play it always have to put it right back in the same exact position and then uh, eventually I got pretty good and uh, yeah so I just kept playing after that started a band and played all through high school was music always in your house was it something that was always around uh at, it was at my grandma's house she my parents played a lot of music just like on the radio and such uh-huh. like that my mom is actually a pretty talented piano player as well oh, okay uh, but like at my grandma's house she had a piano and whenever I, I was homeschooled for like a year or two and I would hang out with my grandma a lot uh-huh. and so I just got to bang away on her piano a lot uh-huh. and but yeah I was around I was around it what kind of stuff were you into like early on when you started playing 
When I first started playing, I remember finding an, an iPod uh -huh. on this uh, outside of my grandma's house. Actually, she said, "Put a sign up. No one claims it. You can have it. Uh -huh. No one claimed it. I don't, I'm not even sure if I even put the sign up." But I remember <laughs> going to our neighbor Robert guy's house who had a computer and just got his whole iTunes playlist uh -huh. put on mine. And the two standout bands were The Cramps and uh -huh. Devo. Okay. So that was my first real music. Uh -huh. uh, first time I ever really even heard music as far as I'm concerned. Because before that it was like country, which I, I, I did country. Right. But it's gotten worse over the years. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, like Radio Disney when I was in my mom's car, so and then I heard Cranston no, was a whole new world. Modern country is garbage. Yeah, it's, totally. It's like like contemporary country, whatever the fuck they call yeah. it, is garbage. I mean, <laughs> straight up. Like I, I want to hear some like Chet Atkins. Like I want to hear like that era country, yeah. not this, like like early Willie. I mean, even like uh, Willie still writes really good songs. I mean, he's an amazing song. But yeah, like this modern country that I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, shit. it's lost some of its. Uh, it's lost some of its well, it's lost its country. Definitely. It's not even fucking country anymore. It's like pop music. It's like, wow, is this in sync? I can't even tell. It sucks. Um, but you're saying that like Devo and the Cramps stuck out for you. So was it, was it that kind of like that punk avant-garde sound that was like? Well, with Cramps, it was really, I think it was that I, I could pick up a guitar and figure out the songs because they're all three chords. Every so it was time. accessibility in a way. That one was, and then Devo was so unaccessible yeah that it, I think I got both sides of the spectrum uh -huh. where it's like okay I can I can do this and I want to do that right so yeah and then so you were just kind of like learning those songs and stuff like that yeah picking up a lot of and at the time everybody was into like classic rock when I was in junior high so you know trying to learn the stairways and just the Zeppelin <laughs> so that stuff is kind of hard to learn yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've played I played bass for years, and learning some of those songs is kind of most miserable, but also like the most rewarding thing, because when you finally do figure out, like, yeah, I can fucking play this shit. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Um, so when did you start your first band? I think I was 15 years old. Oh wow! So and yeah, I was hanging out with this kid, Dylan Sheehan, who I still talk to. He lives in Santa Cruz now. He's actually a high school music teacher. Oh wow! Yeah, he's one of the most talented dudes I've ever met. And so I was hanging out with him and Sean Mueller and Taylor Patton, and we started a band called Iguano. Uh -huh. And that lasted for like six months, and then we started Gantez Warrior. And what, what kind of music was that? The Guano? It yeah. was like, we just wanted to be like the Moldy Peaches. Uh, you know that band? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so just kind of shock it? factor New York City's a graveyard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, what was the movie that they did all the soundtrack to? Well, Kimion Dawson, they went solo, The Adam Green and Kimion uh -huh. Dawson, and she did the music for Juno. That's what it was. Yeah. No, because I remember that's when they kind of break through, broke through, especially in New York, that was like a big thing. Like, all of a sudden, they were like everywhere. Like, yeah. It was like kind of like a big thing. Yeah, so I remember that. You, so you guys wanted that kind of like crazy, frenetic, kind of all over the place sound. Yeah, I just like the I like the lyrics so much because if you listen to like an Adam Green song or a Kimmy Dawson song, they're so abstract that uh -huh. you can't really know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. So you start to make up your own reasons, and then it becomes relatable in that sense where you start it's to it's almost like, more interesting right yeah and I don't know if they intended that in any way but it's almost like the difference between reading reading a book and watching the movie of the book yeah like in your in your head you kind of like create the vision right like when you read the book you're like no one's showing you a picture so in your head you're like oh it looks like this when you see it in movie format you're like 
Oh, it looks like this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, eh. It's a good so analogy. The, the abstraction is, like, kind of more interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, from that band, you started your next band. Well, we went from Gantez Warrior and then to Gantez, just dropped the Warrior, put out one album called Frog Rock. Uh-huh. And then... After that, I joined up with a band called Distractor, and they were already a band. Okay. Um, and what are you what are you doing with them? I play guitar. You play guitar with them, and so it's actually kind of a long story, but basically they were a band, and a good friend of ours named Glenn Christensen was the singer, and he passed away, uh-huh. and it was a really sudden, really fast thing that happened, and so after he passed. I started, I, I was like, guys, we, we got to keep playing music, basically. And so we started a band called Blue Flowers, which was named after one of Glenn's songs. Okay. And so we did Blue Flowers for like a year or something. And then at a certain point, we decided, you know, we should just go back to Distractor uh-huh. and keep it going. Yeah. And so we've been doing that now for about almost two years. Okay. And what, what would you pl- like label the music as being? Uh, we call it post-punk synth pop there you go yeah it's a lot of words yeah it's something like that yeah. We've it, had it, fills out the, it fills out the what you call the band camp kind of like keyword yeah exactly where you can <laughs> get searched by like a lot of people don't you love those bands that have like like they have like 20 things they're like they're like yeah. we're country alt hip hop world wave, <laughs> world <laughs> like, and it's like people go search for shit they're like oh you might like this band I'm like no I don't like this band this doesn't sound right um I you were telling me earlier you guys put out a video and stuff, and you, you guys have an album that you put out? Uh, so we, uh, Distractor put out one album, and they put out, before I joined the band, they put out a music video with every single song. Uh-huh. It's kind of a film project just as much as it is a oh, band cool. project. Yeah, so we got, I think, going on 15 music videos. Whoa. Yeah, we have a lot. Because you could, like, you could, it was split up and stuff like that. Yeah, so the first ones are really, they're for me they're absolutely iconic and then we've been slowly I don't want to say getting better at making them but William who's in the band is and Sean William and Sean they're two of the most talented filmers and directors that I know and editors so they've been I think they've been I think they've known what they've wanted to do for a long time and they're figuring out how to make it they're manifesting it so it's it's like happening it's It's like it's clicking basically exactly like it's clicking um, and you guys play out a lot? Yeah, we play pretty often. Um, our next show is at the Dirty Bird. Uh-huh. I forget the date, but it's at in Laguna. And then in January, we're going on tour up to Vancouver, I think. Are you are you uh, arranging a tour around circuit? No, I freaking <laughs> wish. Yeah, I wish. There's bands that, like, there are some bands that do that. They're like, all right, we're just going to go up this coaster and this well. And yeah. it's like, that's how it's going to work. Unfortunately for me, I'm the only surfer in the band. Oh. <laughs> so you're going to be out of the water for a little bit. We played a show in Santa Barbara one time, and as we're driving up there, the waves were so good. Like, some of the best I've ever seen along the coast driving up there, and I was, I had a panic attack. It was gnarly. I would just be like, hey, listen, we're, we're pulling over or I'm quitting the bed. Although that could work to your disadvantage, where they just like leave you on the side of the road. And yeah. Like, yeah, all right, you quit the band. And I'm boardless. <laughs> you're like, ah, and you can deal with this shit on your own, uh, kind of thing. Um, no, it's we, we have fun anyway. I, I really like being on the road. Just it's 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 a good time. How long are you guys gone for this time? Uh, this one's only ten days. Uh, it's still decent. It's a chunk. It's like a week and a half. I mean, it's still being away from home. Yeah. Uh, how? Uh, what's the longest you've done? 
Uh, we did South by Southwest last year. Oh, okay. I think that was roughly 10 days, too. And what you, did you guys drive out from here, though? We drove out from here, yeah. And played a couple of gigs on the way? Or? We played one gig on the way in what? Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, Jesus. And it was, we played for the bartender and for the bouncer. Oh, my God. And I lost my voice, and it was gone for the rest of the tour. Oh. <laughs> I was playing South by Southwest. It was so fun. We're going back this year, and I'm really excited. South by is a wonderland. Do you guys play, like when you guys went, did you play like one show or like a bunch? We played, there was one, one day where we played four days in a row, some days one time, some days up to three times. Holy shit, I yeah. couldn't do it. I mean, when I was in a band, if I played like, played a gig once a week, I'm like, I'm done, I'm toast. Oh, really? I can't imagine like, I mean, then it becomes work at that point, right? It's just like, you're just like hustling so fucking hard. To be honest, I'm in love with it. That's like well, you, one of my favorite factors about it. So here's a question. If you had to pick between the two, surfing and music, what would you pick? If you had to. <laughs> no, I was about to say. I it was like you're put, <laughs> you're, you're put on this plateau and it's like you're going to have to jump on one of these pads. Which pad do you jump on? I suppose... Uh, dude, I know, my brain is swimming right now. I can't even think of it. If I close my eyes and I say first thing, I'd say surfing. Just because it's healthier. Yeah. Well, yeah. The lifestyle is healthier. <laughs> yeah. So I'd probably... Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Um, like, I use surfing to counteract the music lifestyle. <laughs> if that go. makes sense. Cause you, yeah, yeah. You gotta... Yeah. No, no. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you've... How, how has your surfing and the music thing intertwined? Like, what are some examples that you could use of, like, where those two worlds met for you? Well, with, a lot of it has to do with the industry of surfing. Because mm -hmm. when we first started our band, nine out of ten shows were industry shows. Okay. We were playing at the, you know, the Ruka parties or the Vulcan parties or, because there's such a, there's like the mecca for that industry right here. Yeah. Those every warehouse is. So, that had a lot to do with it. That got us a lot of the the publicity, I suppose is the word, uh -huh. at the time, and the shows. Okay. Um, but on like a more spiritual level, I just find that surfing and music are both really freeing activities where you can kind of shut the rest of the world out and just be in that moment, uh -huh. 100%. That's true, yeah. No, no, I agree with that. When you go in the studio and you're kind of in your zone, it's like being in your zone when you're surfing, right? Like it's yeah. like time slows down, yeah. nothing else exists. Like it's just like that's your thing. It's like it's almost not like a it's almost like a defocus. At least that's how I describe it. Like it's like you're not even focusing. It's just happening. It's a form of meditation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, who are some of the bands that you're really into? Yeah. Well, obviously, Cramps and Devo. Yeah. Or have been to uh, Talking Heads. I'm really into Adam Green, who's in Moldy Peaches, uh -huh. one of my favorites. Uh, William Onyebor. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of him. He's been getting crazy. Everyone has been playing him lately. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think of like bands now. I really love Playdate. Uh huh. They're a local band. Okay. They're great. Goons of Doom, Aussie Rights band. Uh huh. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, saw Power Lunch play the other night. What's I don't know that. That's Andrew Doheny, Matt Tromberg, and uh, Merritt Scott. Okay. They're, it's their band, and they're they're intense. I love it. So there are a lot of people like in surfing that like play music and stuff. Oh, 100 percent. It goes hand in hand. There was I know there's like recently. Do you think? Follow? Well, this is what I was going to bring up. <laughs> so so there's there's discussion multiple ways, and I'm not going to say who's kind of talked shit about it, but there's been enough people that have talked shit about it. Do you think when they like when a big company makes like a, a connection like that, like like a product line that they're like, okay, we're gonna put Iggy Pop on it? Do you think it like in that case? Do you think that was genuine, or do you think that's just like to to feed the bank account for Iggy Pop for Billabong for Billabong? Like, do you think they have? Like, I think I think Billabong should bow down to Iggy Pop and do whatever he wants. So if he's into it. They should take a hundred percent advantage of it and right. just make him happy because yeah. he's he's a good pop. Yeah, yeah he's a good pop. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I think they lucked out on that one. Well, I mean, the thing is, they're getting a lot of shit for it. To be like, that's the really one well, yeah, because a lot of people are like, like the press release that came out where he was like, oh, when I'm like at home, like I'm wearing like like board shorts, and everybody's like, dude, you fucking never wear board shorts. Like, this is like a load of fucking sellout bullshit. Uh, that's not really like it's coming out. It's kind of like, come on, dude. Like, no one's even ever seen you in a pair of board shorts until this thing, and you're at the Billabong house at Pipe, like, like yeah, while well, the band is playing. Like, it's like, come on, huh. dude. Like. That's the thing that like I've been hearing about stuff. I mean, look, they did the Andy Warhol thing, which me to me was a stretch, but it sort of makes sense. It's like getting an artist to do something with a clothing company. I think is a natural thing. It's like oh, you can get prints and stuff. And yeah. Art stuff. And also like Andy Warhol, Warhol did this really weird movie actually out here, the surf movie. Oh really? Yeah, this thing that he filmed in Newport. It's like a real. It's one of his artsy movies. It was cool. about surfing. He was obsessed with surfing. Like, I didn't. Know, I had no idea. Yeah, it was like this kind of thing, and it sort of makes sense, right? Like, but even like take like a Keith Haring or John Bos- Jean- Michelle Basquiat. Like, okay, I could see how that goes on a T-shirt, and you can make prints. But like Iggy Pop, like a lot of people are just like, okay, you don't surf, <laughs> and I don't know when the last time you even touched the ocean. And no one's ever seen you in board shorts, but now all of a sudden you're making like zip up like surf jackets. <laughs> I agree to you on the end of like the company should do whatever the fuck he wants to do, and maybe he approached them, or maybe his agent was like, "Hey, Iggy needs to pay some ta- back taxes. He'll do something with you." And he's like, "Fuck it, I'll do it." Yeah. But he's all enthusiastic about it. I mean, that's the one thing. He's not just a name. He's not just like showing up. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen like any stuff like Snoop Dogg. Does. Like Snoop Dogg will sign his name to fucking anything. <laughs> like he doesn't even show. He doesn't even remember that he did it. Like it's one of those things. He's like, "Oh, really?" He's like that. That bakeware company. I didn't know I did something with them. It's like sick a paycheck. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck it." It's like a pay for my kids like football. <laughs> shit. Um, uh, speaking of big brands and like obviously with like you guys in this shop, um, how do you think? now in today's like surf marketplace because everyone's everyone's some stuff we touched on people are like learning more about the culture and they're being more respectful to it do you see people going towards smaller brands or bigger brands in your guys shop and kind of your realm of customer in our realm it's definitely smaller brands uh-huh. definitely the local shaper um, the local shop you know daydream is thriving over there man people yeah. are loving it and that's like that's they're on a perfect level. Yeah, you know. Um, so in in the world that we live in around here, I think people are leaning definitely towards the smaller brands. And do you think? Here's my curiosity. Do you think these smaller brands can survive? Yes. The, where are some of the places that you've traveled to that you like the best? 
Uh, I really enjoy Spain. Uh-huh. Um, it's only your European country I've ever been to. Okay. Love it. Love every second of it. I really like cold, wet, rainy weather. You do? I love Girl, it. It's almost like, it, it's it's funny that you say that. It's like me, how like I, I, I claim this like allergy to snow because I grew up in yeah. So it's like the same thing. Like you grew up in this beautiful sunny weather, and you're like, I want to go someplace where it's dreary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spain, um, uh, Australia is great. Mexico is the promised land. I'd like to maybe live in Mexico. Uh, where Baja area? Probably Baja. Yeah. Yeah, I love Baja. Have you gone down to the Mexico Log Fest? I have not. No. Okay. Um, I've seen videos and um, talk to people about it and I hear it's fantastic. I mean, it's a big scene kind of like blowing up there. Oh, really? Yeah, which is kind of interesting. No, no, which is cool. Like, they're, they're at the center of it. So, yeah. I mean, like, CJ, like, bought a house down there a couple yeah. of years ago, which no one knew about, supposedly, for a couple of years until he won it, and he was like, yeah, this is the break in front of my house. No way. <laughs> oh, like, is that where his house is? Yeah. Oh. Because I was asking him, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I was like, where do you stay out there? It's like, yeah, I have a house that's that point, basically. No <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, fuck you. Like, you're so lucky. That's so cool. My wife and I might go this year. Um, a couple of people are going down, like, Johnny Pitzer and, like, Mike Siori and, like, all, like our crew that we know. Nice. Down there. Um, so with traveling, um, what's your favorite, out of any place you've ever surfed in your life, what's your favorite break in life? Um... Well, I gotta say, churches is probably my favorite way of going. Churches and Blackies are probably my two favorite ways. But in a very close third would be like Second Point, uh, Second Point, Scorpion Bay, amazing. Interesting. I love it. Love, love, love and it. And why do you, why do you love it? Just it's just the easiest way of ever. Uh-huh. You just chill. It just goes. Right? It just goes. Yeah, it's it's you know that artist Wellesley. No. He's like from, from the North Shore. Oh, cool. But he's like friends with uh, Travis Reynolds. He grew up actually in Santa Cruz. And that's that was his favorite wave as well. Nice. Like he was like, yeah, he's like, it just goes. Yeah. Like he's just like, it just like, you could park on your board and it just fucking, you could, yeah. if you feel like trimming, you could trim. If you feel like dancing, you can dance. Yeah. Like totally whatever you want to do. Exactly. Um, Wrapping it up, who are some of the people you want to thank that helped you get to where you've gotten? Um, definitely Tanner uh, and Dash Surfboards, Carter, for um, you know supporting me with boards. Uh-huh. It's been a game changer because I've always ridden pretty janky boards. They get old real fast. Um, Jack Coleman uh-huh. and Ryan Donahue for you know taking photos, and helping me out a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, definitely Sean Tolley and um, Innocence and Weed Maps and Joel for putting on that one way thing. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. It's uh, it's one of a kind, and I think it's really beautiful. Yeah, I think for me, it's like I think it's it's potentially the the future. One of the things, one of the pieces that could help grow this culture and save this culture. Yeah. In the modern landscape. Yeah. Like contests are not what they used to be. Yeah, it's trippy. Maybe this is a new version of it, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta. The, the thing is with technology is it's it's inevitable, so you kind of just gotta learn to adapt. Yeah. Um, any parting words? Um, what What advice would you give to other people who wanna who wanna follow in your footsteps? Uh, <laughs> is that too much pressure? <laughs> is that you're, like, you're like, don't follow in my footsteps. I would say, yeah, exactly. I'd say, don't follow in my footsteps. Follow uh, follow your own footsteps. There you go. So yeah. follow your own footsteps. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, don't go in circles, but... 
<laughs> but yeah, I guess just as corny as it sounds, believe in what you do and just go for it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for Levi for sitting down with us and talking with us. Uh, there was a little interruption there towards the end of the interview. Uh, a couple of customers came in, started playing pool, but that's the vibe of the Costa Mesa Surf Club, which I think is really cool. Uh, I love what uh, his brother and him and uh, their friend are doing down there. I think we need more of that in the surfing community. We need these little places that are local shapers, uh, boards, accessories, and a place to hang out and a place to develop the community. And I think in the hands of uh, Levi and people like him, I think the community is really gonna grow and it's gonna have respect for the tradition, but also push it into the future. So I hope you guys dug that interview. I'm hoping to have his brother on uh, soon. We're gonna make some arrangements for that. So I think in the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna interview uh, Tanner. We're, more, we're gonna talk more about shaping with him as he's the one who mostly does uh, dash surfboards but again this is the bodega border crew podcast volume 24 hope you guys been digging the interviews and the tracks i'm going to play a couple more tracks right now and then we're going to come back with some short takes so i hope you enjoy some of these obscure tracks and try to figure out which ones levi's picked check you out in a bit peace Who's in the place to be? Just for you, it's the ultra magnetic MC. Say what? We the pop the hell with childish rhymes. Cause the jam is just moving. The crowd is steady moving. To a supersonic pace with high the stupid bass with some pep in the step. Cause the beat is so funky, the pace is well kept. Come on, ultra.
deposits to beams of the average formulation applied mechanically, maintainable displayed, expressed by alternate microwave frequencies, directly inorganic, operating logically, new development, separate, accumulating, ambiguous thoughts, admitting parts specified, particular words, volunteer, agitating, ears of parasites, respond, duplicating, attempting lyricists, recognize competition in ultimate reality, the general speaker, corporal cool key, leaving specimens frozen, near zero degrees, by controlling every germ, a spray disinfected with tranquilized brains and stunned competitors, cause we're ultra.
I'm up with this shark to find you. I'm standing by a hole in the wall. Climb through. We having a secret meeting about shark. Yeah. Nothing's a mistake. Everything is time through. The media uses pandemics to blind you. So you can't really see the effects that crimes do. The world is overpopulated. And mind you, the borders get relaxed. Now we got swine flu. They knew about this back in 1992. These are time flus where crime rules. And the money is made on the vaccine I use. I don't use their product, I lose. That's why the flu is being promoted upon primetime news. Your fear, they depend on it. They hoping you spend on it. Which drug you choose, resident? I just put 
at your face like a Dutch master. No more mixes, polar bears from Alaska. With sharp skin, air matches, and igloos of ice. Rocks clumped up like overcooked rice. I'm nice, you the reason why the game went soft. Playing niggas, I come through and season your broth. Like Mr. Dash, I blast, I'm a menace like Dennis. Young Coles, and I'm back from a six month sentence. Rehabilitated, back in the yard, flying heads with barbed wire. Stay tied, niggas, the beds. Thanks. 
drop, but did he just say fuck it? I'ma die for my brothers, cause by killing him, just made his words teach others. Like Martin Luther King, he preached peace. They still got him like the West East beat. Finally, that shit is rotten. Place yourself in the shoes of a people's leader. From drug kingpin to president, either's off the meter. The best man can turn to the squeezer, burn you and leave you. Beside a lonely road or inside a meat freezer, that's the way it goes on the third rock from the sun. A lone circle in the light where we begun, where we become a follower to a general with soldiers to run. They move up every word of your tongue, fearless and ruthless. When you was young, pulling your gun, not scared to shoot shit. Remember, it was all in the front. Is this power you wanted? Can you control over a hundred minds? And these are grown men who've killed over a hundred times. Every champ team has an arch rival, and it takes one time to mess up, and niggas don't like you. You start to want peace, niggas want you to cease. Your money low, niggas want you to go. Who else but I could bring the most heart and flow? You soon to see the best of me. From a boy, man, to a king, here out my destiny. I think of how much slander I take Then I sit back and watch tapes on Alexander the Great Start studying how he bloody men I think of rappers, I'm a massacre Metal armor cover my skin Take me to war, fuck y'all Pieces Ivan the Terrible Stare my eyes, they're unbearable You collide with the general Surround me like the most high Surrounded by cherubim Would imagine the illest collab On preaching eyes are incredible He spits eat, I spit your ranch And describe how you devils move Scream on them seasons that we climb on my pedestal Gun for gun, streets filled with rivers of blood We are back. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 24. Hope you've been digging the tracks. Uh, Try to mix it up there. Uh, some kind of randoms that I had in the library, uh, including that track with KRS on it and that uh, last track that had Nas on it. Uh, hope you guys have been digging it. I always try to mix it up a little bit for you guys, that it's not the standard golden era hip-hop, but sometimes it's some tracks that some golden some golden era hip-hop people do uh more recently but let's get to a little housekeeping this is the bodega border crew podcast make sure to check us out on instagram at bodega border crew make sure to check out our page at bodega as well as the extended description of this episode on your itunes player for track listings links to things that we're talking about links pertaining to things that we're talking to our interviewees with uh, in this case, uh, we got a couple of short takes that I think you definitely should check out the links on our page and on the description. Our first short take is two videos that were put out 
uh, by Lograp. Uh, Lograp is a friend of ours who's starting to do these like hip hop inspired surf videos of a lot of loggers out there. And he put two up recently, one with our boy Devin Howard and one with our boy Mike Siordia. And they're really cool and I think you should check them out. We have links to them. We also have a project that we're working on with Lograp in the future uh, that as we're ready to announce more stuff about it. Um, we'll let you know, but I think it's going to be really cool. It's a little collab video that we're working with him. So to start getting a taste of his work, I think you should check out the two videos we have linked, the Devin one and the Mike Siordia one. Our second short take has to do with a shark attack that happened a couple of days ago, uh, actually on New Year's Eve, I think it happened, uh, over at Lonnie's, uh, one of my favorite spots on the North Shore. Um, I surfed Lonnie's a, a little bit more this time I was out there, and I had a lot of fun. And I always, in general, feel pretty safe when I'm on the North Shore. I mean, even though, you know, there's been some tiger shark attacks over the last couple of years, I've never, I feel more creeped out in Santa Monica Bay than I do anywhere else, I think, that I surf when it comes to shark thing, because there's been way more sightings. Um, so, you know, it kind of, when I hear about something like this happening at a place that, like, I've paddled out a bunch of times, like, you know, at sunset with maybe a couple of people out there or, you know, whatever, and never thought, uh, thought about it, uh, it kind of freaks me out. The one thing, too, the big takeaway here is the fact that the people who helped her, the two or three surfers that helped her, responded immediately and they knew what to do. And I think there's something there in that, you know, I think all of us out there should probably have some kind of basic first aid, some basic kind of water safety. And it's something I'm actually going to look into and seeing not just for myself, but seeing how I could promote that to people who surf. Because God forbid there is a thing that happens to someone, a fellow surfer or yourself, your knowledge base of being able to save a life or uh minimize injury that happens is really going to help that person out or yourself and i think here was an example where people responded immediately and they knew what to do and she's going to have a full recovery now she's not going to walk tomorrow don't get me wrong but she was bit pretty bad where there was a lot of blood loss where if someone didn't react the right way uh, it could have been a lot worse so i think the takeaway here is that you know maybe we all need to kind of learn some real basic life-saving techniques and have them as part of our surfing blueprint. Uh, it's how it used to be. It's how the real watermen out in Hawaii are. Uh, it's something that I think that's neglected. I think if someone got bit by a shark right now in one of these local LA lineups, 90% of people wouldn't know what the fuck to do. They Most of them would probably run away, which is kind of fucked up. But I think, you know, if we had these life-saving techniques as kind of imprinted into our surfing DNA, uh, we wouldn't think twice about paddling out to help that person and uh, keep them out of harm. Whether it be a shark attack, whether it be a drowning and board hitting them and they pass out underwater, that kind of thing, a heart attack. I think it's something that we should all work towards. Um, I'm wishing her a safe and healthy recovery. We have a link to the article. I think there's a GoFundMe set up there, um, which I think you guys can donate to if you can to help her out. I think that would be really great. The last short take we have this week has to do with these regulations that are being rolled back by the Trump administration. Now, I don't like to get too political on this thing. I'm very political in my personal life, and I think people who know me know which way I lean and the, the activities that I get into and the things that I want to be active in. But this is something that I think has bigger ramifications than people think. Now, what's happening is the Trump administration is removing a bunch of safeguards so that 
land, uh, well, sorry, water leases can basically be given to energy companies so they can start drilling offshore at a bunch of places that, one, there's probably not much there. Two, they create a big risk to wildlife as well as, you know, coastal inhabitants. Now, there's been a lot of pushback, which is great to see on a lot of fronts because a lot of communities, they make money on water tourism. So if you want to take a beach town like Huntington Beach or like a Santa Cruz or something, whether they're Republican or Democrat, they know at the end of the day, most of their money comes from that. And if there's an oil spill, that's going to ruin that. And it's going to ruin jobs and it's going to ruin safety and a lot of things. At the end of the day, it really comes down to money um, with a lot of these politicians. We all know that. Um, but this is also could be an environmental disaster. We saw what happened with the BP oil spill, which was a 17 billion B billion dollar disaster, um, which also they're never going to recover from, you know, that wildlife is never going to recover from. Now, I'm not just bringing this up because we're surfers and we get to enjoy the ocean and, oh, we're not going to be able to surf. I mean, look, we're afforded one of the biggest luxuries in the world. You know, these are like first world problems. But I think it's our responsibility as ambassadors of the ocean to really go out there and fight for the people who don't realize that this is a resource that is so valuable to them. You know, it's funny for me to have a president who orders two fillet of fish, fishes a day from McDonald's, not realizing that those fish come from the ocean and that this move that he's doing now could probably reduce it. I think <laughs> the day that he realizes that his fish is contaminated, um, he might stop pushing for this kind of stuff. But again, what can we do, right? What can we do? Well, I have a link to the thing that the Surf Rider Foundation has put together. They've put together a page and where it, it shows you how you can be active. It's Some of it's as simple as spending two minutes online and just filling out some forms so they get mailed to your politicians, emailed. Uh, the other one, there's, you know, there's gonna be a lot of, uh, a lot of demonstrations. And I think I read another article that we'll put a link to that I thought was really interesting that said, there's too much money involved and there's too much protests going to happen to 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 enable these energy companies to even jump on these new leases that are are going to be offered because it's just not cost effective at the end of the day business is about being cost effective right mantra or not and especially when you talk about big energy business big energy companies if they realize that it's going to cost them too much money and too many headaches to do some sort of business, meaning drilling offshore, they won't do it. So I think the thing that we can do is make enough noise, rattle enough cages, so we could be part of that blockade that energy companies see and they're like, hey, you know what, this isn't worth it. This isn't about being political, this is really about protecting our environment for our kids and for ourselves. Um, I think everyone who's out there who listens to this strongly believes in it because you interact with the ocean every day. You know, you see it. Um, and you know how greatly affected your life would be if there was an oil spill. So take a look at the links we posted. There's going to be a bunch. Uh, get active if you can. I, I think, you know, be active for the people that don't realize that this is something that needs to be saved. So there's that. But thanks again for joining me on this episode, uh, volume 24 of the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Again, it's been really great. Uh, meeting everybody, seeing everybody that's into it. Uh, the thing that's been really cool, and I'll be honest, like I kind of fan out on this, is that a lot of people that I'm starting to interview 
you know, the word is spreading that, you know, this is something cool that they should be involved with and to document the story of our culture. And it makes me really happy now when I interview people that they're kind of not, you know, that they're not uneasy or they're shy about it. Like they're really excited to do it. You know, I had a couple of interviews that I did recently that we'll be posting in the next couple of weeks that were some people who were just like, you know, I was gracious for them to come and sit down with me, um, but they were gracious they were really happy about doing it and to, you know, talk about what they had to say. Uh, that's all I ever wanted from this, you know? <laughs> I think if I stopped doing this tomorrow, I'd be happy. But now it's pretty obvious that, on the other hand, I have to keep doing this. And I'm really excited about what the year has ahead of uh, me for 2018 and the Bodega Border Crew podcast. I think there's going to be more interviews. I think we're going to do a lot more stuff with contests. I think uh, besides the product stuff, I think we're going to just be putting a lot of collabs out there with a bunch of people. Like I said, we have this thing coming out with LogRap. Um, there's another collab in the works for actually a, uh, a, a board design with the bandits. Maybe I said that too early. I don't know. But uh, there's that work. So I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. I hope you like the tracks. Um, if you don't like the tracks, if you don't like something, you know, comment. Uh, message me on Instagram. If you want me to ask people certain questions, message me on Instagram. If you want free sticker packs, message me on Instagram. But I've kept you too long. I want to get to some final tracks. But before we get to some final tracks, I'm going to leave you with our famous words of wisdom, which are no need to bust a craze on a wave. You know, go out there, have fun, smile at people. I've been smiling a lot more after a couple of people have recommended that I do it. Um, and I've been having way better sessions and people around me have been having better sessions. And I think that's what it's about. You know, there's nothing like, you know, being hyped on someone else, catching a wave that's really dope. Um, I know I, I, I love to point that out to people when they paddle back from, you know, a place like Topanga. Like, I love to tell them that because I know I like to hear it. Um, so anyway, no need to bust a craze. Have a good time out there. Um, smile at each other. Make some new friends. And listen, I'll see you next week and uh, with a really exciting interview. Peace. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy.
wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. The most beautifulest vocabulous be punching for the MCs dead in their esophagus. My analysis is roughing the calluses. You better practice if you want to challenge this. I'm symbolic to the sun, moon, and stars. You're getting knocked out the box no matter who you are. No matter the funk fact tracks laws you to listen. Has my vocals been your brain up in the fetal position? Learn a quick lesson of mic aggression. So when I walk down the street, there'll be no second guessing. Now you can walk the walk, talk the talk, black burners all day. But you're still fireproof like an ashtray. I'm a scientist in the mix like clicks. Turning all you flying seeds back in the maggots. Top props saw you. Watch me bubble and boil you. Keep it grand royal you as you fold. Like for you. Uh. And it bees like that sometimes, cause I can't control the rhyme. I said, the bees like that sometimes, cause I can't control the rhyme. I keep the jiggy, 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 jiggy. We keep it wiggy, 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 wiggy. Cause it be jiggy, 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 jiggy. And it be wiggy, 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 wiggy. I played the many thousand rows of street life, showed Houdini that the freaks come out in broad daylight. Me and my crew be tight like Laverne and Shirley rolling through all y'all hoods, pulling all y'all fly girlies. MC's always bitching that just make my style hard. I roll with nobody but God and the squad. Me and my troops be knocking niggas out the size of Zeus, letting the OJ juice loose with fat tracks, ED, but and it bees like that sometimes, cause I can't control the rhyme. I said the bees like that sometimes, cause I can't control the rhyme. I keep the jiggy, 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 jiggy. We keep it wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Such evil penetrate. The world around is in chaos. 
But I'd rather seek the truth to be found than to be lost. Experience is always the best teacher. Look at the signs, feel the vibes, I'm trying to reach ya. I see how much now that one should be grateful for. And we must help the others who can't find the open door. Too many times I felt bad. Felt your blessings. Too many times I couldn't see without your blessings. Too many times I felt bad. Felt your blessings. Too many times I couldn't see without your blessings. Too many times I felt bad. Felt your blessings. Too many times I couldn't see without your blessings. Too many times I felt bad. Felt your blessings. Too many times I couldn't see without your blessings. Now as we head into the year 2000 And more and more people can't even get decent housing Poor education in the schools And poor employment structures So some choose illegal tools By all means you know we must survive But think the energy we give always comes back to us in time We must decide to make the proper choices Or the only thing we'll hear is the cries and the screaming voices Too many times, too many times, too many times, too many times, too many times too many times, too many times, too many times, too many times I felt bad. Too many times I couldn't see what I was looking Too many times I felt bad. Got your blessings. Too many times I couldn't see what I was Too many times I felt bad. Too many times I couldn't see what I was doing. Too many times I couldn't see what I was doing. Too many times I couldn't see Don Cole on me. The big homie, you know me. Well, if it's on, I guess it's about time. Let me slide into this OG rhyme. I do mine the way I do mine, and I takes my time when I'm dropping my lines. I look around, I spot MCs all in the place, all on the beast, trying to make their paper, trying to do their thing. But to me, they all try to say the same thing. How can you rap over beats that whack? You ain't reaching the crowd. You ain't making your fact. You ain't dropping lines that hit the top. You can't make the party go hip-hop. You can't do your thing without using mine. But yet and still, I see you on the grind. But I'm going to take my time to get my point across. And if you get caught up in the rapture, then you got lost. And if you get tossed, it's on your own. It's your own fault. See, I got to get mine. I don't drop no salt. I just move on, groove on, try to prove on. And I do mines to do mines. And I'm gonna keep on, keep on, keep on To get you in a smooth type of atmosphere Sit back and pay attention, yeah You ain't never heard it like that mm. Is that right? That's why black butter Sex men, sex men, sex men Sex men is doggy doggy on Excuse me doggy doggy on Sex men, sex men, sex men Sex men is doggy doggy on Excuse me, doggy dog, you own. I guess my hair whipped on Friday, my day, why day? Even tripping on me, yeah, the big homie. Gamey, gamey, says Snoop Coley, go me. Listen to me, man, stay away from them phonies. It's niggas like that, they get you caught up quick. You got to stay focused, dog, keep your eye on your grip. Cause if you slip, they gon' get you, and they gon' get you fast. These niggas out for your money, man, they tryna get your cash. I don't give a damn, you got to match. You can be from the East Coast and get love, cause I ain't tripping on your ass. I don't smash on niggas who smaller than me. I smash on niggas who big, like the DPGC. Ooh, we, I get you crazy. You got to have a stomach for this shit, baby. And if you don't, you won't. You fake the phone. See, Snoop is the G in the G phone. Now, don't do nothing that you can't get out of. Mm. You know I got big love for the real G. 
we make more cheese. Uh, I got the habit. Six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, doggy dog, you're on. Give me none. Excuse me, doggy dog, you're on. Six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, doggy dog, you're on. Give me none. Excuse me, doggy dog, you're on. I got that, I got the paper, I got the paper, I keep the, I keep the crying, yeah, yeah, I thought you, I thought you knew what you nigga was, you better, you better ask somebody, it don't quit, now let me take my time and just get into the shit, I'm just drifting, so swift and smooth, how many niggas make the whole party move like I do, I can't name nobody, so sit back, relax and let the dog ride the party, ain't no party like a DP party, cause everybody in the DP party's naughty, they act a fool, old school, new school, everything is everything, everybody playing cool, ain't no set tripping, everybody just dipping, bitches getting with niggas and niggas getting bitches, it's so superb, word to my mama, ain't no drama, no need for that, you can put your gas back in your pocket, unlock it, cause Snoop Dogg is on the mic, I plan to rock it, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, Six minutes, six minutes, don't get up, 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 get up,